Daniel 6 and verse number 10. The Bible said, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll bless now the reading of your word. I pray, God, that your will would be done. I ask you, Lord, to give us liberty and give us the vocabulary. Give us that ready turn of thought in mind tonight. And, God, I pray that you'll be glorified. May the church be edified tonight, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to draw your attention to this verse, and I want to preach on the subject, the habit of prayer. The habit of prayer. We come to Daniel chapter number 6, and uh, just to give you the background of this chapter here uh, very quickly, and then our verse tonight, uh, you'll notice in verse number 4 and verse number 5, I want you to see the plot here. As the Bible said, then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find an occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there error or fault found in him. Notice in verse number 4 that the plot is against Daniel, but the problem with Daniel in the eyes of these uh, princes and these presidents is that Daniel was a faithful man. The Bible says there that for as much as he was faithful, and because he was faithful, therefore he was faultless. The Bible said that they could not uh, find error or fault in him. So Daniel was a faithful man, and you know the wicked is always trying to uh, plot against the faithful, amen? And we find that he was a faithful man, that he was a faultless man and then you'll notice here in verse number 5 that he was a fundamental man the Bible said that then said these men we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of God you see Daniel was a man that believed in the fundamentals of the faith he lived not by Daniel's law not by the decree of a king but he lived by God's law amen there were some fundamentals in Daniel's life that were not for sale, that he was not going to back up on, that he was not going to give in to. I'm going to tell you, we, still, we ought to still stand on the fundamentals of the faith. I'm not ashamed to be called a fundamentalist. Amen. It doesn't make me nervous. It doesn't make me embarrassed. I believe in the fundamentals of the faith, of the word of God. And Daniel was a fundamental man. And I see the plot. And then I see the politicians in verse number six and seven. Notice these dignitaries. The Bible said then, these princes or these presidents and these princes assembled uh, together to the king and said thus unto him King Darius uh, live forever all the presidents of the kingdom the governors and the princes and the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statue so we see these politicians uh, all these dignitaries have come together and notice the decree the bible said that they've come together and they've established a royal statue why to make a firm decree. I'm going to tell you tonight uh, the wicked politicians in this text uh, were coming together to make a decree against God and against God's people. And do you realize in the hour that we're living in, we have got wicked politicians in America tonight that are doing the same thing in America tonight that they are doing in this verse that we're reading here. And listen, they're making their decrees, they're making their mandates, uh, and they're against God and they're against God's people. Amen? And so I see these politicians 
politicians. Notice the duration of this. The Bible says here that whosoever shall ask a petition of God, now notice this, or man, for 30 days, save thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. I think that's the important part of that verse. Those 30 days, that's the duration. You see, they didn't want to halt Daniel forever. They just wanted to stop him momentarily. Now, well, that, but doesn't that sound familiar in the hour that we're living in? I mean, listen, a few years or so ago, you could go to the, you could go to a dirty movie house, you could go to a bar, you could go to an abortion clinic, but they didn't want you to go to church. Amen. They'd shame you for going to the house of God. They'd shame you for getting outside your doors and going to church and worshiping God. The same thing that's going on here is the same thing that we've seen in our day and time. And so we see the plot and we see the politicians. But notice the problem here. The Bible said in verse number eight, now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. I noticed that the signing of this decree here, uh, that he signed it, he settled it, uh, but it was also sin, amen? What he signed that day was my friend making a decree that no one could pray to God uh, or they could talk to, uh, give a petition to man, but only to King Darius. Uh, I wanna tell you, when you look at this text, uh, uh, we're living in that time uh, uh, when they wanna put the handcuffs uh, on those that wanna go to God. Uh, and I see the problem and I see the politicians uh, and I see the plot. But when we get to our text tonight, I want you to notice the prayer, amen? Because we're preaching on the habit of prayer. Think about this prayer tonight and notice this first little phrase as the Bible says now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, amen? That's an important phrase in this verse. You say, what do you mean? Because Daniel's fixing to do what he's always done. He's about to pray, amen? Daniel has lived his life by prayer three times a day. He prayed just like David of old and Daniel is fixing to go before God because prayer is not something that Daniel does here and there. It's not something that he does in a state of emergency, but prayer is the habit of Daniel's life. I want to tell you prayer ought to be the habit of every one of our life, amen? In that little phrase that we read, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, here's what I see. I see that Daniel's prayer life was not going to be hindered, number one, by what he knew, amen? The Bible said that when Daniel knew, don't you know that Daniel knew everything that was going on, amen? He was present, he knew what they were plotting against him, but what he knew did not hinder his prayer life. I want to tell you tonight, there's a lot of things in life that we may learn, there may be a lot of things in life that we figure out and we experience, but what we know tonight cannot hinder us from praying, isn't that right? I want to say Daniel's prayer life was not hindered by what he knew. His prayer life was not hindered by what was written. Amen. Look what the Bible says. Now when Daniel knew that the writing, he knew the fine print of what had been said in verse number seven. But because, uh, just because Daniel knew what had been written, it did not hinder his prayer life. 
You see, they make their decrees. They pass their mandates. Uh, they put things out. Uh, uh, listen, to, uh, to go against the church in this hour that we're living in. But I want to encourage you uh, uh, that we cannot afford to let what we know, we cannot afford to let what has been written, amen, uh, hinder our prayer life. Uh, we must march on. We must sing on. We must preach on. We must go on uh, uh, for the glory of God. Uh, I think the church has been in the survival mode too long. Uh, and we need to get out of survival mode and get in revival mode, amen. You know when revivals always come to God's people, not when they were living in prosperity and when they were living in pleasure, but when sacrifice and suffering and adversity came, when it looked like the church was gonna be stamped out, thank God that's when the church flourished the most and when God began to send revival, amen. I'm telling you tonight, Daniel did not let what was written, he did not let my friend what he knew hinder his prayer life, amen. I wanna say, my friend, he did not also, uh, he did not let what was signed hinder his prayer life. The Bible says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, it's one thing to, it's one thing to have a, a bill go to, to Congress, but it's another thing when it's signed, isn't it right? When it's signed into law. And that's what happened in verse number nine or verse number, yeah, verse number nine. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. When he signed that, he sealed it with his own signature. And my friend, it made it law. I want to tell you, man's law is never meant to override God's law. Amen. You see tonight, we ought to be subject to those powers that be that are ordained of God. I do believe that. But I also believe what Peter said when he said we ought to obey God. God rather than man. Isn't that right? I'm telling you when their law overrides God's law, you know what we ought to do? We ought to keep on doing what we've already always done. Amen. And Daniel had that spirit. He didn't have a bad attitude. He didn't have a chip on his shoulder. He wasn't looking for a fight. He just wasn't going to back down. He lived by the fundamentals of the law of God and he knew that no matter what man said, God would take care of him. Amen. And can I tell you, God surely did. And if God took care of Daniel, God's going to take care of me and God's going to take care of you, but we can't let what's been written, we can't let what's been signed, we can't let what we know hinder us from praying in this hour, amen. Well, there's a lot of people doing that. And when I read this verse, I thought to myself, the habit of prayer is seen in verse 10. And you realize that all Daniel had to do according to verse number seven, was quit praying for 30 days. It wasn't forever. It was just 30 days without prayer. You know, there's a lot of people today that can go 30 days without praying. It wouldn't bother them a bit if a decree was signed because they're not exercising that anyway. But Daniel in this text had formed such a relationship and such a habit in prayer with God that no matter what the stakes were, no matter what the consequences were, Daniel feared 30 days of no prayer more than he feared the lion's den. Amen? I'm telling you tonight, we ought to fear living a life apart from prayer. We ought to fear going prayerless in our life. We ought to fear living in the energy of the 
flesh. I'm telling you, we need God. As she sung that song a while ago, I thought to myself, the Holy Ghost knows what to put together when, doesn't he? Amen. As she sung that song, I need thee every hour. And I thought that goes right along with the message tonight because no matter what man said, no matter what the decree was, I believe that was on the heart of Daniel. Lord God, I can't go 30 days without praying. I need thee every hour. Amen. I'm talking about tonight. If you want to start this year off right and if you want this year to be different than other years, if you want to live in victory, I'll tell you how to live. Just live your life by prayer. Amen. I see in this text the habit of prayer. Let me show you the habit of prayer and the fact that I see here the same place. The Bible said that he went into his house. Daniel had a place that he prayed. If prayer is going to become a habit in our life, you've got to have a place. Now you can pray anywhere. You can pray going down the roads. You can, you can pray at the spur of a moment. Sometimes you have to find a place to go pray because maybe uh, maybe you're in a different location. Maybe you've traveled somewhere or, or maybe there's some circumstances that there's the urgency of the hour. But what I would say to you tonight is this. Uh, we ought to all have a regular place that we frequent, that we go to God in prayer. David, it was at his house. And I think we ought to pray at church and I think we ought to pray, uh, listen, uh, going down the road and other places but I really think we ought to pray at our house shouldn't we amen there ought to be a place in our house uh, where we go to God in prayer and we meet with him and so I noticed that in this text here the same place uh, is, that Dave, uh, is that Daniel is in his house uh, I ask you this question tonight do you pray at home do you have a place at home that you find that you go to God in prayer uh, listen you may be a teenager and say well I'm just a teenager yeah but you can go in your bedroom and get down beside your bed. You may not even be a teenager. You may be five or six or seven years old. You know what? You ought to find you a place in your bedroom. Uh, listen, maybe it may be beside your toy box, uh, but go ahead and start praying. Amen. Uh, find you a place and get along with God and pray in your bedroom. I'm talking about the habit of prayer. It begins with the same place. Amen. Then notice it begins with the same pattern. The Bible says that he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem. You know, that was Daniel's pattern. I'm not telling you to go home tonight and open your windows and pray, although I'm not against it. But that was their custom, wasn't it? They prayed toward Jerusalem, toward the city of God. And so Daniel goes and he opens those windows. Now, it was a public statement. It was a testimony. It was a witness. How would they know that Daniel was praying? They would know when they saw those windows open and they would see Daniel praying toward Jerusalem. They would know that he broke the law, the decree that the king had made. And they knew that they could get him. No doubt they saw Daniel in that place of prayer and going through that pattern, going through that, that habit. Uh, and you know, prayer can be re a repetition. I think it ought to be fresh. Uh, but there are needs, there are things that we pray often and that we pray much about and God is a God of repetition. You know that? God has those beasts around the throne and they repeatedly say the same thing over and over and over. Holy, holy, holy. God likes repetition and we ought to be, listen, have repetition in our prayer. It shouldn't all be repetition but you ought to pray for the same thing over and over. You ought to ask God for something or pray for someone until 
until it is done. You see, David had that, or Daniel had that pattern, and Daniel opens them windows, and he prays, and it was a great testimony to those that was around him. Now, you know what Daniel could have done? He could have kept them windows shut, and he could have prayed to God. Would God have heard Daniel with the windows shut? Well, you know he could. But what that would have been in the life of Daniel, it would have been compromise in his prayer life. Do you know one of the greatest warfares in prayer is that the devil will try to get you to compromise while you're praying? You would never believe that sometimes, but if you pray enough, if you know that, that sometimes when you're praying, the devil, you say, well, preacher, what do you mean he would get you to try to compromise? Well, sometimes he'll do it like this. He'll come, and your pattern is that you meet at this time, and you pray during this time, and, and you're gonna talk to God during this time. You've set it aside. You're going to God in prayer. Do you know what the devil will come or do? He'll come to you, and he'll say, now, listen, I know you're praying, and I know you're talking to God, but you know you've not washed that car in two weeks uh, and that car needs to be washed uh, and you can go ahead and do a little bit of praying but you got to get out there and get that car washed uh, or he'll say boy that grass sure is looking bad uh, you need to get out there. you better hurry up with your prayer and get out there and mow that yard uh, or wash those dishes you know he'll give you a thousand reasons uh, and they may be good things uh, but they're good things but they're not the best thing amen and the best thing has to be the first thing amen don't put the good things uh, in front of the best things uh, just stay, my friend, with that pattern. Just keep on doing what you've always done. For time spent with God is never wasted time. Amen? Amen. Same place. The same pattern. I'm talking about the habit of prayer. And then the same position. Notice the Bible says he kneeled upon his knees. Now, I don't think tonight that you have to be on your knees when you pray. Some people cannot get on their knees to pray. But I'll tell you, if you can get on your knees to pray, and if I can get on my knees to pray, then we ought to. You say, preacher, why is that so important? It's humility. It's bowing before God. You know, it does my flesh good. It does my heart good to get on my knees. Now, I think, as I said, God understands if somebody had a problem and they had to sit in a chair and pray. As people get older, sometimes that happens, and I believe the Lord understands that. No doubt about that. But no doubt they spent a lifetime on their knees. Amen. And friend, we ought to get on our knees and pray. That's a good position is to get on your knees. It's a humble position. And friend, I need to humble myself. I need to be reminded to be humble. Amen. And bowing our head and bending our knee is a form of humility. You you say, but it could be a form of hypocrisy and I'm sure it could, but I'm telling you when you're alone by yourself with God and you get on your knees, I don't think it's a form of hypocrisy then. I think it's a form of humility to bow before a thrice holy God and to get on our knees and to just come to him in prayer as lowly as we can, as humbly as we can. I'm telling you, this generation needs to hear more preaching about humility. If God is ever gonna bless any of us, we've got to humble ourselves. The Bible said in the book of James chapter 4 But God resisteth the proud But he giveth grace to the humble You know what I need when I go to God in prayer? All the grace I can get Is that right? 
I don't go to God in prayer, uh, listen, uh, thinking that God is gonna hear me uh, because I'm somebody who prays great or has wonderful prayers. Uh, that's not true at all about me. But I tell you, when I go to God in prayer, if I know anything tonight, and I'll be honest before you, I know this, uh, that if one prayer of mine gets answered, it'll be because of the grace uh, and the mercy of God. And I need God's grace, amen? I need his grace to look down upon me. And I'll tell you, in that humble place of prayer, as we come before the throne of grace, we bow our head and we bend our knee. Daniel was one of those most spiritual men in all the Old Testament, but he wasn't too high and he wasn't too mighty to get on his knees and pray. There's only two men in the Old Testament. In fact, there's only two men in all the Bible outside Jesus. But the Bible doesn't highlight their sin nor their weaknesses. And it's Joseph and it's Daniel. But difference of Daniel is when he wrote this book, Daniel himself talked about his own sin. You know, a spiritual man never sees himself spiritual. A spiritual woman never sees herself spiritual. They always see themselves lacking. That they need to be closer to God. I've met some people, I'm sure you have too, that felt like they were very spiritual. Amen. I've had the privilege of pastoring them people. Amen. So y'all can laugh. Y'all look like, I feel like I'm preaching to a court tonight. I'm telling you. But you know, I mean, I've pastored a few of them. You know, they walked on a different level than the pastor did and, and they were plugged. Every prayer they prayed got answered. Uh, they always did everything in the will of God and, and you know, they didn't need my help. I promise you that. They could figure everything out on their own. Uh, you say, what'd you do? I left them to themselves, amen? And went on and pastored those I could uh, and just, you know what happens to that crowd eventually? You give them enough rope and you give them enough time and I wish this wasn't true. I don't want this to happen, don't, don't misunderstand me, but it is what happens to that crowd, that super spiritual crowd. You give them enough time, listen, they'll blow out uh, and they'll go from being, uh, uh, listen, a super saint uh, to a sinful super saint. Uh, and I'm telling you, you can't find them with a search warrant a few years down the road uh, and they're living out in sin. Uh, they just went from one end of the spectrum to the other. And I'll tell you who stays in this thing. Uh, it's those of us that are reminded we can't do this within ourselves. Uh, we know how weak and sorry. I'm talking about your pastor tonight. I know how weak and sorry and low down I really am outside the grace of God. I'm telling you I've been saved for 30 something years and I've made it by grace. Hallelujah. Bless his name. I'm still in the race. Thank God tonight. I'm still in the fire. Hallelujah. And if God will help me and give me grace I'm going to stay in it all the way home. Amen. I'm telling you it's just the grace of God. Hallelujah. And we are what we are by grace tonight, amen. I don't ever want to get to the place uh, that I look at somebody and think I'm better than them. I think that I'm more, uh, listen, worthy of something or entitled to something. I'm telling you, we ought to all be dead and in hell tonight. Uh, God don't owe us anything, but it sure is good on a Wednesday night uh, to be in the house of God uh, and be saved by grace, hallelujah. It's good to be saved, isn't it, tonight? And I'll tell you, that'll cause you to get on your knees in that place, the same position, the same period. Notice what the Bible said here, three times a day. Three times a day. Boy, that's convicting to me, Brother Barnes. Brother Gillsby, that's convicting. Three times a day. 
Daniel prayed. Muslims pray five times, I think it is, or seven times, I can't remember, a day. And they pray to a God that cannot hear, a God that cannot help them. They're more faithful in their prayer life than a lot of people uh, that know God and are saved. I'm telling you, I'm not shaming nobody tonight. I'm just asking you to do the same thing uh, that I'm doing in my life uh, is do inventory. How much time do I spend in prayer? I'm not telling you to pray three times a day. Holy Spirit may want you to pray four times or five times uh, or six times a day. Uh, that's between you and God. Uh, but I tell you, listen, what this teaches us uh, is that he had the same period. Uh, he had a set time. Uh, that he went to God in prayer. Uh, prayer don't happen by accident. It don't happen by chance or circumstance. Uh, there's got to be the same period uh, that you go to God in prayer. Amen. I understand things can happen. Schedules can get moved around. Sometimes it just means that we have to move that prayer time up a little bit earlier. Or we have to say to someone, I'm sorry, I've got an appointment. They don't have to know what that appointment is. And it is the most important appointment that you'll have throughout the day. I'm sorry, I can't make it at this time. I've got an appointment, but I could be here at such and such time. Just keep it secret. Keep it between you and God. Don't tell people about your prayer life, and I don't think you would do that. But there's some people, they want the world to know. I don't think that crowd has a prayer life because if you ever pray, you realize you need to pray more, amen? You don't feel like telling nobody about it. You don't feel like bragging or boasting about it. I'm telling you, it ought to be private. It ought to be sacred. It ought to be holy. It ought to be between you and God. And him alone. Amen. I'm talking about the same period, the habit of prayer. Then I notice here the same purpose. Notice the Bible said that upon his knees three times a day, look at this, and he prayed. He prayed. The Bible says in Philippians chapter number four, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You notice that? Prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, while it all may be prayer, it's all three distinctive types of praying. Isn't that right? Sometimes we pray. Sometimes there's supplication. Sometimes there's thanksgiving. We don't have time to deal with all that tonight. But I will simply say this, that Daniel, when he got on his knees, Daniel got on his knees with a purpose. And that purpose was to pray. That purpose was to get a hold of God. That purpose was to commune and to talk with God. I think you ought to have a prayer list. We all should have a prayer list. Uh, but don't let your list be your purpose. Amen. You, can, you ought to bring your list before God. But don't have the attitude or the mentality well I got that done today and I can check that off no I'm telling you prayer ought to be communion with God and there's sometimes you just get halfway through the list uh, and you just have to say now Lord uh, you know all these other people and you know all these other needs and, and you know them better than I do and would you just meet that need uh, but I'll tell you what you do uh, you just talk to God you fellowship with God you pour your heart out to him amen you commune with God uh, you tell him everything that's on the inside you ask him to show him everything you cannot see you pray the Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you and then you brag on him and you tell him how wonderful and how beautiful and how glorious he is how high and how holy he is you tell him how much you need him amen how you can't do without him and you then you thank him for what he's done in your life how good he's been in your life and you count some of those blessings amen and that's prayer isn't it amen it's communion you tell him how lovely and wonderful and sweet and righteous and glorious 
glorious, how great and high and holy he is. I'm telling you, it'll stir you in your prayer life when you start talking about him. Hallelujah, amen. I'm gonna tell you, if all prayer was, was me laying a wish list before God, I'd dread it every day of my life. Amen. But when prayer gets beyond the list, it becomes lovely. It becomes wonderful. It's just like sitting there with your best friend. Amen. And it's not like it. It is, ain't it? He is our best friend. And you tell him how many times he's helped you and blessed you. You talk to him about, say, Lord, you know he remembers everything, doesn't he? But sometimes it's good to say, Lord, you remember when I was in this place and and I didn't know what I was going to do. And you remember, Lord, how I felt about this. And, and God, you just came through just right on time. And Lord, I, I don't know why I ever doubted you because you've always been faithful. You've always been on time. And Lord, I just want to, I know what happened five years ago. I know what happened 10 years ago. But Lord, I just want to tell you one more time. I mean, that valley's done over with. That trial's done gone. But Lord, just one more time. I just want to say thank you. Thank you, God, for delivering me back then. Oh, where would I be right now? Lord, if you'd not have helped me right then. Lord, one more time, this side of eternity, I just want to tell you thank you. I'm about to think myself happy tonight. I'm telling you, God is good, isn't he? Amen. I'm telling you, he's good when you got a crowd, but he's good when it's just you and him. I say hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Glory to God. I'm talking about the habit of prayer. It has a purpose tonight. Hallelujah. Then I want to say not only the same purpose, but I want you to see the same promise or the same praise. The Bible said he gave thanks before his God. The same praise is that Daniel, this is interesting. I won't elaborate much on it, but I'll just say this about it. Daniel is praising God right here when it said gave thanks do you realize he's given thanks in the bad times just like he did in the good times? He's given thanks when he already knows what the consequences is going to be like he did when there wasn't any. You know, you got to learn to praise him in the valley, not just on the mountaintop. I tell you, if I had any desires of pastor for the people that God's entrusted me to pastor, it would be this that you would grow enough, and many have, maybe some haven't, but many of you have, but grow to the place in your Christian life where you don't feel sorry for yourself. You don't spend your days belly aching and whining and wishing for things that you don't have or, or things are not the way that you think they ought to be. I'm telling you, don't. that's, that's, a, that's a weak and that's a, that's a very young Christian state. There are people that they spend their whole life with their head down. Always talking about how hard it is to serve God. Living in America, sitting on a padded pew, driving an air-conditioned vehicle, sleeping in a bed, uh, listening with a my pillow and a good roof over your head. And, uh, you know, they got plenty of food in the, in the refrigerator and everything in a good job and, and a good family and good health and strength. And they talk about how hard it is. more shoes than they can wear in a week. Amen. I'm talking about Daniel opened them windows 
when he knew everybody that hated him was watching. And he blessed the Lord. Amen. Then I see the same person. It was before his God. You want to know why that last little phrase, as he did a four time, you want to know why Daniel could do that a four time? I'm going to tell you why. Because of the phrase before it. It was before his God. If Daniel had been praying to be seen, he wouldn't have opened the windows this day. If Daniel would have been praying to be heard by men, he'd have never prayed. But Daniel didn't open them windows for the king. He didn't open them for the king of this world. He opened them for the God of heaven. And Daniel opened them windows. I'm telling you, can you imagine? It must have thrilled the heart of God to look down and see Daniel praying in the face of adversity before his God. You say, preacher, how could he do that? I'm going to tell you how he could do it. As she comes and they get us a song ready tonight, I'm going to tell you how he could do it. It was a habit that was in his life. You see, this wasn't the first day. This wasn't the second day. This wasn't something that Daniel had just started or if he had, he might have quit. This is the way Daniel lived his life. It was his habit. Nothing was going to break that habit. Not even a decree. Not even a lion's den. Not even politicians. Daniel was going to be faithful in prayer. Oh God help me tonight. Lord help me tonight. Help me to be faithful.